Hi everyone, Amanda here, and this is Planned, Prepped, and Productive, the podcast where I'm helping you ditch perfection and find peace through planning. This is episode 39, Holiday Entertaining Tips with Megan Porta. Hey everyone, I'm so excited to dive into this topic today. A quick disclaimer for today's episode, this was pre-recorded and we are talking about holidays and entertaining food. So I just want to urge you all, of course, to keep following your state's guidelines. And if nothing else, get a little bit of hope from this episode and looking forward to the future for starting to plan and host those fun parties again. Megan's got lots of great advice and I'm so excited to dig right into this episode. All right, everyone, I'm so excited to welcome Megan Porta of Pip and Ebby. She's got a beautiful blog with tons of gorgeous recipes that will help you entertain easier. So welcome, Megan. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks. I'm so excited to chat with you. Um, As we get back, hopefully, into entertaining again, I was really excited to hear what you had to say about how to cook for a crowd without stress and overwhelm, which is kind of what I'm all about helping my audience with. So what motivated you to, first of all, start your food blog and business and specifically to help your audience with party and holiday cooking? Well, I think to start, I just talk about why I started my business. Having the freedom to spend more time with my family is what kind of prompted me to get into something different than just working in the corporate world. And I kind of married that with my desire and my love for my desire to cook and my love for food. So I put those things together. I wanted a little bit more freedom and I loved cooking and I created a food blog. So also in addition to that, one of my favorite things in the whole world is sharing food with my favorite people, whether that's dinner time or parties or making holiday meals. So the food blog and then also preparing, you know, those parties that I was talking about, um, just kind of like tapped into a passion of mine. And as far as like delivering that information to my audience, it took me a long time to figure out how to do all of it efficiently. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't want other people to have to have such a steep learning curve. And I wanted to give them the advice, um, the best advice about how to go about that and, And not just like, I feel like it took me like a decade to figure this out. So (laughs) I I wanted, (laughs) and I'm still learning. (laughs) Well, I am too. I mean, I think we are constantly learning, but it took me a long time just to get the basics down. I was like, hello, why did this take me so long? So I want my audience to not have to go through that. And I want to share the things that I've learned with them so that their lives can be easier and that they can actually enjoy parties and holidays because I feel like so often people don't enjoy it. You always see the host like exhausted right after the meal. They're like (laughs) on the couch taking a nap or they can't enjoy the people around them because putting the meal together itself is such a huge ordeal. And I've done that so many times. I don't know about you, Amanda, but it's like... Yep. You're speaking my language. (laughs) Yeah. Like I love these people. Why can't I enjoy being with them? Well, it's because it took so much mental and physical energy to put the meal together that I can't, I'm just depleted. Yes. I love that. And I'm, I'm 
feel like you're speaking right to me. I love parties and I love the, I guess it's almost like a thrill of, you know, just having people over and putting it all together. But yeah, I, sometimes I pull it off and there's other times where I feel like, you know, it's 10 minutes before, five minutes before I'm still throwing everything together. Dishes are in the sink and, and you can't, you really can't enjoy yourself. And then you wonder, you know, I feel like I had so many events where at the end of the night, I just thought, you know, like, why, like, (laughs) why did I I do this? I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't get to have fun. Exactly. Yeah. I think especially holiday meals, because there's so much more involved, like there's, you have to do everything on the menu and people expect certain dishes to be there. Yep. And it's just like, like you said, you don't even talk to anyone. I remember Thanksgiving a few years ago when I did that, we had people over to our house and I got to the end of the day and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even think I said a word yeah. to anyone. I don't even know what happened to my day. And what kind of a holiday meal is that? Nobody wants to do that. Right. But I love that you have you know, figured out some tips and tricks because I think you understand that for many of us, there is a real joy in creating the food Yes. And in enjoying it. So so I'm glad yes. to figure that out because, you know, you could always say like, oh, just outsource or, you know, mm-hmm. make it from a package or whatever. But but that doesn't really solve the problem either. So I'm really excited right. to see what you have to share. So thanks so much. That was a beautiful intro. Um, so what do you believe then is the number one problem that we face kind of regarding holiday and party cooking? So I think kind of what we were talking about, just that stress and overwhelm involved in the entire process. So not just making the meals, but everything that goes into it, the forethought, you know, everything, because putting food together requires a ton of forethought in itself. Yep. And I think that people can get so overwhelmed by this that it can cause them to freeze up and even procrastinate, which kind of contributes to the issues. So then you're at this point where you're like, okay, I'm frozen. I don't want to do anything. And so you have to do everything at the last minute. So that doesn't help. And plus holiday meals equals people. So anytime there are people involved, there's usually a little bit of chaos. There's overstimulation, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of drama. (laughs) So combining that with the whole preparation of the meal and the recipes is really stressful and really overwhelming. Yeah. And I I think you, you touched on something really interesting. You know, it's like, not only are you trying to logistically carry out all of these dishes, you're also, you know, worried about your mother-in-law giving you parenting advice. My mother-in-law does not do that, but (laughs) whatever, you know, whatever kind of family stuff that goes along with it as you're trying to put on this big meal. And the, the most frustrating thing about it is just kind of what we've touched on on this day. That's supposed to be that special day that, in fact, this just reminds me of this last Christmas I made, well, attempted to make gingerbread houses for everyone. We were all going to do it together. And, and I'd done it before, but for some reason it didn't work that day. And I just, it's Christmas Eve. And I was like hysterical in tears, which (laughs) most people probably wouldn't have taken it that hard, but I, (laughs) I did. I was like, no. (laughs) So I totally get that. Yeah. A little thing like that can put you over the edge on a holiday. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So I agree. I do think there's just a lot going on. And, and because we want to enjoy these days, it's worth it to figure out these tricks to, to really master them so that we can enjoy our holidays. Yeah, absolutely. um, What 
or how do you suggest that people begin to overcome that this problem, the stress and overwhelm around holidays and around party cooking, and to start throwing the parties that they, you know, they actually envision in their mind and parties that they actually get to enjoy? Right. Well, I think there are a few factors at play and that are really important in getting to that point where you can actually enjoy a party. Uh-huh. So a few of those would be just figuring out a dependable menu ahead of time. So recipes that are tried and tested and then also easy to throw together with, you know, not like crazy, complicated ingredients or instructions. Yeah. Also getting comfortable about delegating, because I think that's such a huge part of putting a holiday meal together. I think a a lot of people are like, well, I can do this all, uh-huh. you know, but there, people are willing and able to help you. So getting comfortable with that, just asking for help. Yes. And then having dependable kitchen equipment and appliances that is working, that you know is working well and that you're comfortable using. So don't like dive into your air fryer, you mm-hmm. know, for the first time <laughs> on Thanksgiving day, yeah. anything like that. And I've and, done all of this so many times. So <laughs> oh, I know I, I have too. I'm like, I'm going to try this brand new recipe in uh-huh. my appliance that I've never used before and then it fails and then you have to apologize and you that just adds to the stress right yes and this is really funny I just want to interject here a little bit um because where I talk about meal planning a lot and I always tell people I'm like the time to try a new recipe is not at 5 30 mm-hmm. on you know when you're about to eat and I am all for people trying new recipes but maybe on a Sunday, on a day that, or a day that, you know, you've got time to start over, time to go get takeout. Not everybody's starving. So I think it's similar with party cooking as well. There's absolutely space to experiment and figure things out. But the time to do that is, you know, the week before the party so that you've worked out any of of those kinks ahead of time. Absolutely. Yep. And for food bloggers, for me, that's really hard because I always want to make new things. Yep. (laughs) But I, I have to rein myself in like, okay, you need to know exactly what you're cooking today. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that you brought that up because um, I feel the same way. And it took me a long time to kind of separate my food blog stuff from our actual dinner mm-hmm. and, to, and yep. to plan. Okay. This is, this is me testing for the blog. If it works out great, we'll eat it. If not, this is not going to affect all of the yes. rest of my meal plan. So again, same with the parties. It, if yeah. you're planning it for, you know, all the different things, it might just be too much for you to handle. I have actually filmed video of a recipe on Thanksgiving Day before. <laughs> looking back, I'm like, what in the world was I doing? People were coming over there and like, what are you doing in the corner? I'm like, oh, just filming a video. <laughs> Gotta get, yeah, life of a food yeah. blogger. That's, yes, that's exactly. like epitomized right there. <laughs> I know, it's kind of funny. Okay, so I love those, oh. I love those um, suggestions and I'm excited to dive a little bit more into some of those. So you, you mentioned um, kind of solidifying this menu beforehand. So what tips do you have on planning a menu for a party or for a holiday event? Yeah. So I think when deciding on actual recipes, like I mentioned earlier, just pick ones that you've either tried before or that come from a reliable source. So if you have a favorite cookbook author that you just, you've tried a bunch of their recipes or a favorite blogger even, Mm -hmm. and you know that their stuff is just tried and true, um, you know, find those sources that you really can depend on. Yeah. And also make sure that the ingredients within the recipe are all things that you're familiar with and that are easy to find. Don't try a new recipe that has some crazy ingredient that you're not sure what it tastes like or how to use it. So just make sure that you know everything um, on the ingredient list. You are 
acquainted with it. And then another thing I like to keep in mind when coming up with a menu is diets and food restrictions, because when you're having a ton of people over, you're pretty much guaranteed to have a few people who are going to fall into a few categories. So like gluten-free and I would say vegetarian are probably the main Uh two, but you know, you can't provide options for every single diet, right? I mean, that would be crazy and that would add just tons of stress. But I think keeping those two things in mind, gluten-free main dish and a gluten-free side dish, at least one of each. And then same with vegetarian, a vegetarian main dish option and side dish option. And then also keep kids in mind because I don't know about everyone else, but my kids are ridiculously picky. (laughs) And it's so often we'll go to someone's house for dinner or meal and I have to talk to them in the car beforehand. Like, if you do not like the food, do you say anything? No, you don't. But they do. They're like, mom, I don't like this. So I think just making sure that you provide something for kids. And I think an easy way to do that would be just to make a huge vat of mac and cheese or um, throw in a pizza. Just have something for those picky kids. Yeah, the safe foods and something easy, too, that's not going to tax you. I love that. That's I think those are great. And I really I kind of want to dive in a little more. I really loved the point about uh, thinking about uh, allergies or just food preferences in general. Um, and that's something that is kind of, in- I'm a dietitian, so that became like ingrained in me in school. But I, I know that a lot of people don't think about that. And what I've started to do to just help me get an idea is when I'm sending out invites to the party, I just say, hey, RSVP, here's what I could use help with to bring. And do you have any allergies, strong dislikes, et cetera. So then I know right out the gate, like what I need to plan for. And like you said, nobody, most people don't expect you to cater the entire meal to them. But if you do have something that they can eat, obviously they're going to enjoy the party a lot more. (laughs) That's really smart. I like that you just kind of put it out there right away and ask for feedback because if people really do want to have, you know, like one thing to eat, if they're totally gluten-free, then it's good to have that option available. And also I just thought of this too, keep drinks in mind because, um, a lot, a lot of times I will get to the party day and I'm like, Oh my gosh, we have milk and water (laughs) because I've put so much focus on the food and the recipes that I completely forget about drinks. So having like, I don't know, like a kid punch is really easy. And then like a bottle of wine or sparkling juice or something. So keeping that in mind too. Yeah. And I love that too. And I like to keep my drinks simple. And actually you talked about getting help and that's really, that's hard for us control freaks at me. It is. (laughs) But I always like to say, especially like for Thanksgiving, it's can be fun. Like, Hey, bring a bottle of something and some other side. So doing assigning out drinks can be a really fun way to get just like a variety and it's easy for people to do. So they're usually more than willing yeah. to help with something like that. Absolutely. Most people definitely are help or willing to help. So awesome. Okay. So in addition to planning a menu and we kind of got into some of these a little bit earlier, uh, what other things need to be done or planned in order for the event to be a success? So I think before you even get into the planning, I would say decide on a menu at least a week ahead of time 
just so you can read thoroughly through the directions and the ingredients. Um, and then also on that include like snacks, appetizers, and like we mentioned, drinks. Uh-huh. So once you've kind of settled on all of that, you can launch into actually doing the planning and the delegating. And I think the farther ahead you can do this, the more prepared you're going to be and the less stress it's going to be for you. So um, with that said, though, don't plan too far ahead because I just feel like that gives you time to overthink things too <laughs> Start much. Stressing. Are you with me on that? Like, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, like it adds stress too early. So I think a good time frame for me is to like start thinking about it like two weeks in advance and to have the menu set like a week ahead of time because I've tried doing it like a month in advance and yeah, I'm like, well, wait a second. I don't know if this is right. And I just are changing recipes. It. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of nuts. So after you've got your menu, I would say compile all of your recipes, all of your snacks, drinks, everything that you have on your menu and create a detailed shopping list. Mm-hmm. And I would go over it twice. So go over your recipes twice just to make sure you don't miss anything because I've done that before. And then you have to have your husband run out at the last minute to get butter or whatever. And it's like, ah, it just adds to the being frazzled. Um, and then include extra essentials on your list. So like butter, um, sour cream, bread, those things that you could have extra and if someone brings a side dish and they're like, Oh, I forgot yeah. to bring oh, butter for that. Idea. Like, yeah. Just having like cream cheese too. That's another one for holiday meals. It's really good to have and have on hand. And then also as you're creating your shopping list, I would recommend separating out fresh produce. Yeah. From the rest. I do this too. This is a really yeah. great tip. Yes. Because depending on how big the meal is, you might even want to make a couple of trips to the store. So yeah, like towards the end, okay. maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So like a few days in advance, just get all of those non-perishable things that can sit in your pantry Mm -hmm. or on your counter. And then I like to do a a second trip the day before for all of the fresh stuff, just to make sure everything is really, really Really fresh. fresh. Yep. I love that idea. And I I try to do that as well. So I think that's a really great tip. I also liked uh, what you said about, (laughs) this was really silly, but you know, like reading through the recipes a week before I so often I do not ever read the recipe until the moment that I'm cooking it. And oh, then it's I think like, that's normal. Yeah. Oh, this takes two hours at yeah, this point. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. It's kind of like, so I think that's a really simple, but great tip that I don't always think about. I, I always read the ingredients so that I right. you know, do my shopping, right. but I don't always read through the whole thing to have just an idea of what I'm doing. So that was an excellent. Or like freeze for four hours yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, dinner's uh... starting in one hour. <laughs> you like yeah, wish your kind of a... ice cubes go in. And just... Exactly. <laughs> no, it's just one of those things that you don't think about, mm-hmm. but it can literally save you because it can be like one line at the very end of the recipe that would just totally break your day. Yep. Yeah. So th- I love that. And I would also say make a plan for when you're going to do your grocery shopping, like actual, actually plan for that. And then also plan your prepping and cooking and write out all of that. And if, I mean, this is kind of nerdy, but put it on a calendar. Like I'm going to do, okay, the meals on the 24th, I'm going to do my first round of shopping on the 20th. And I'm going to do my second round of shopping on the 23rd. And I'm going to prep this meal, you know, like that sounds really involved, but it's really helpful. And well, especially when you're getting, you know, 
eight, 10 dishes, you know, which for some of these holidays is not unheard of when you have all of that to manage you, it really, I mean, it's necessary to plan around it. So I, I think yeah. that's great. And also make a list of everything that can be done ahead of time. I know you are a master of this, Amanda, but like chopping vegetables, you gave me that tip, chopping vegetables during a time when you're not super stressed, just to get it out of the way, get it done. Yeah slicing cheese, slicing meats, and then also choosing a few meals that can be prepped the day ahead and cooked the day of. That's super helpful with holiday meals because anything, any way to like get stuff out of your kitchen on the day of the meal is super yeah, helpful. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point to bring up that, especially when you're, the volume of food is so much greater than you're used to suddenly, even if you've planned the right amount of time, space becomes such an issue that you end up taking more time as you're trying to, you know, clear out space <laughs> to make it happen. So I, I completely agree. Those, those dishes and, and think about them to think about them strategically as well. You know, like I'm not going to cook my Thanksgiving Turkey the day before, like <laughs> mm -hmm. there are yeah. certain things that, but I do stuffing the day before. And it's actually, I mean, to me, it's better because the flavors have time to settle to meld together. Mm. And, and so there's certain dishes that can handle it. And then, you know, maybe say, I always tell people to save like the star of the show for that's where you put your time on the day of is that. Yeah, that's a good point. There are certain things that you absolutely have to do the day of uh -huh. and just like work backward from there, like what needs to be done on that day and what doesn't, and then try to like work around it. Yeah. Yeah. And I and really, then, oh, you go, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I also really liked the tip, you know, slicing cheese. I've noticed that appetizers, drinks, those kinds of things tend to work really well for, for doing in advance. And that's convenient as well, because then you can kind of pull them out right as your guests get there. They're just all ready to go. So that type of food tends to lend itself well to being prepared ahead. And I cut you yeah, off. So <laughs> totally agree. No, that's okay. I was just going to say like beyond planning, um, I would say delegating. We touched on this a little bit, but selecting a handful of duties to delegate to family members. So asking people like you mentioned earlier, would you mind just bringing a bottle of something? Would you mind bringing a loaf of bread? I mean, that can like knock a few things off of your list. And then to take it a step further, something I like to do is I will talk to my boys about this beforehand and just say like on the day of, you know, whatever Easter meal, um, you are going to fill the snack bowls or you are going to arrange the snack trays. And that kind of like gives them a sense of, I don't know, like entitlement or not entitlement. What's the word like, I'm looking for? It makes them feel like, Oh, I'm important. Yeah. 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 And doing that in advance, I think preps them so that it's not like a battle the day of. Yeah. Like, I, I really like that. <laughs> and then that can take a few things off of your list too. And just don't be afraid to ask people for help because I think most people, I think you said this earlier, are so willing to help if you just ask them. And a lot of the time they don't think about it. They yeah. just come over and they're like, well, I totally would have brought a salad, but they, if they're not prompted to do that, then maybe they won't. Mm -hmm. And I really like too the idea just of delegating. One thing that I've tried to, to do or to notice is, you know, getting to know my friends and knowing what things that they, that they're really proud of that they know how to make. And then I can ask them like, oh, hey, like I remember you made those rolls and they were so delicious. And then I think that makes them like double willing yes. to help because yeah. they're like, oh, you liked those. Yeah, I'll totally make them. And so then you're clearing your skin. And it also, I mean, as much as I want to 
pretend that I'm like the expert of all things in the kitchen. You know, there's certain dishes that I'm sure someone else makes better than me. So that's so true. To hand that's those such a great off. point. Yeah. And then it kind of makes people, like I said about my boys, it makes people feel really important. Like, yeah. My roles are the star of the uh-huh. things, you know, like it just, I don't know. And then maybe next year they'll bring bring them again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love, I mean, I think that would be really helpful for me to give my kids, my kids are still quite young, but yeah. <laughs> giving yeah. them um, something to do to me. And how cute is that? Even if they are little to just see them out there, exactly. you know, doing the jobs. Right. And <laughs> So right. that's and really it's fun. Like such a little thing, things like that are small, but it's still all of that stuff adds up on holiday uh-huh. meal day. And it can just be like one thing like that can that can break you and like I have to make the snack tray. <laughs> so just taking those little things off your list yeah. is a really big deal. Well, and even even like you said, even more than maybe the help that you get from them filling the snack tray, get it when they, the feeling that they have a purpose. So no longer are they mm-hmm. like in the kitchen, like mom, mom. Exactly. You know, like they're like, oh, I yeah. got to go do my job. So you kind of can clear off space for you in that way. So I think yep. that's wonderful. Okay. So we've, we've dug into a lot here. Um, yes. how do you prepare then? You mentioned that you like to make sure that everything in your kitchen is working. So how, how mm-hmm. would you go about preparing your kitchen? You know, let's say you've written on your schedule, like it's your time to start prepping. How do you make your kitchen ready to start this process? So before I start prepping or cooking, I am, I don't know if everyone's like this, but I am kind of, um, just, (laughs) I like to have a super clean kitchen. I know it's going to get dirty soon, but I like for everything to be in its place. And I like for it to be clean. Dishes are put away. I know every, it's kind of like a baseline, like Uh everything's set. And then after that, I just make sure that any equipment or appliances that I will be relying on for meal prep or cooking are working and clean. So if I'm using an instant pot or a slow cooker, I will set it out on the counter. I'll just wipe it out, make sure it's clean. And then I'll also do that with ingredients that can be at room temperature. Uh So I will set out like my chicken broth or my canned goods and just kind of glance over it one last time. And then beyond that, I feel really strongly about having one really good knife, preferably like a chef's knife. Yep. And I just think that this can just provide total success in the kitchen, make you super productive. I, um, and what made me realize this was I was at my aunt's house. This was a few years ago (laughs) and I was making a meal for her with her. We were doing it together and I was like, okay, well, where's your knives? And she handed me this. I wish I had a picture. It was like this (laughs) knife with like a two inch blade that was totally dull and I was like, okay, that's a joke, right? Where's your knives? And she's like, no. So I had to cut like chicken oh my and word. lettuce. I mean, I was cutting everything with this knife and it took me forever. And I was so frustrated and sweating. And ever since then, I'm like, okay, I need to have really, really good knives. So I have like two really nice knives and I use them all the time. They're super sharp and it makes me so productive in the kitchen. So I am a huge believer in that. You don't need like a huge fancy collection, but one or two really nice knives are going to make or break your kitchen time. And then one last thing, this doesn't really have to do with equipment, but it's really helpful for me in just putting a successful meal together is mentally preparing yourself. So kind of 
what I like to do the day before is I review the day in my head before it happens. So like what I'm going to be putting on the stovetop, what I'm going to be doing in the oven. And I just kind of envision it and mm-hmm. also getting a good night of sleep. Um, all of that together can really make or break your day. So that has nothing to do with equipment, but I wanted to throw that in. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's awesome. And it, and it goes into how you're preparing your kitchen, but also how important it is to prepare mentally. And I do just mm, want to jump back. Yeah. It's just funny that you talked about knives because that's like one of my soapboxes, I guess. I'm like, oh, I tell I people like all the time that I'm like, if you don't like to cook, like buy a new knife or go get your yes, knife sharpened. I do that all the time. <laughs> and they might, and so funny. I've done the same thing where, I mean, I've, I've had a nice knife for a long time, but even as it starts to get dull, I'll find myself like just feeling a little bit like it frustrated I'm not sure why and then I'm like oh just gotta just gotta go get that the knife so sharpened <laughs> I feel the same way I feel like it's not a working kitchen without a really nice mm-hmm. sharp sharp knife and the cool the cool thing is I'll, I'll actually drop some links in this episode but with you know Amazon is amazing you can get a really pretty decent mm-hmm. knife for like you know 40 to 50 bucks which I mean, if you're used to like the knife block where everything costs 40 to 50, that might sound yeah. a lot, but <laughs> you really yeah, don't need no. to spend a ton and it will last you forever in your yes. kitchen. You just have to sharpen it regularly, but it will last forever. So yeah, it's a game changer. Yeah, yep. I agree. Okay. So I, I love that idea. I also loved, uh, just that you said to clean your whole kitchen. Cause that, I'm huge on that too, because I can't think remember or I can't count how many times that I'm like oh where's the strainer oh it's in the dirty dishwasher okay where's the yeah also in the dirty dish (laughs) so it does seem a little bit like counterproductive I guess to clean everything first but it it will make it all go so much better so those are invaluable tips so thank you for that okay yeah so I'm really excited to talk about this next part you have talked about a technique a cooking technique called sideline cooking So can you explain what that is and how you're using that to manage this stress before or during your holiday or party? Yes, sideline cooking is my absolute favorite tip for anyone asking for tips for holiday cooking or just getting ready for parties or even like just bigger meals of any sort because it frees up oven and stove space, but it also frees up a ton of mental space, which Mm -hmm. I'm all over. Anytime I can get stuff out of my mind, I'm all over it. So when you're planning your menu, I recommend adding a few recipes to the mix that involve using appliances like your Instant Pot or your air fryer or your slow cooker or even all three, Mm -hmm. because then you automatically have a few just really low maintenance recipes that are cooking on the sidelines. You don't have to give any thought to while you're doing other stuff. So stuff that is needed to be on the stove, you can tend to that and stuff that you have to get out of the oven at a certain time. You can pay attention to that and you don't even have to worry about babysitting these other recipes because they're doing their own thing. And when you utilize this method, sideline cooking in conjunction with prepping recipes, which we've kind of touched on Uh a little bit, you can really create a very low stress day, which is like the most appealing thing for me. (laughs) Yep. Um, And I know a lot of other people too. So there are so many great trustworthy recipes available online and in cookbooks too that are made in appliances like your Instant Pot and your Mm -hmm. slow cooker. So I would say just like find those recipes Get to know them before holiday meal time comes and know which ones you can rely on and use them. 
I love that. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but do you have any recipes? I mean, these can be from your blog that you, that are kind of standbys that utilize sideline cooking that you're using often. For sure. So I use my crock pot mac and cheese recipe for every single holiday meal, every, like all across the year, all Uh across the board. So easy. It takes like three hours. I give it very little attention. That one's a no brainer. Um, if it's appropriate, like chili is a really yeah. great one for your slow cooker. Um, I also have a green bean casserole that works really well in the slow cooker. Oh, that's a good and, idea. I like that. Yeah. And it's delicious. You would never know. I mean, it's really good. So yeah, I've got a ton like ham. If you want to do a really low maintenance ham, you can do that in your slow cooker or your instant pot. Uh huh. Um, pretty much any soup you could ever imagine can be done in an instant pot. Um, air fryer is really good for like kind of side dishes. Like if you have potatoes or you want to do like French fries for an appetizer or baked potato chips. Um, trying to think of other just staples. I've never never used an air fryer, but I, I like those tips, especially because, um, you know, things like French fries or those kinds of things are kind of challenging to pull off. Mm -hmm. I feel like for a party generally. So like you said, putting it on the sidelines and letting it, the appliance do the work, I think is really useful for that. And for for things like fries, those can burn really easily in an oven. Yeah. So with the air fryer, everything is like so um, predictable. So you can throw them in there and know exactly when they're going to be done and you know that they're not going to burn. Mm -hmm. So, um, vegetables too would be a great one like you can kind of simulate roasted vegetables in an air fryer oh yeah if you are wanting you know like a veggie side or something like that you mm-hmm. can also do veggies in your slow cooker yeah i've done I, that before i haven't thought about like, that but that's a great idea for a lot of yeah. just like basic yeah right steamed type veggies would work great in there mashed potatoes too in an instant pot work amazing yeah i have done um, that and they cook in what like eight minutes or something yeah. ridiculous like, like <laughs> compared to what you spend on a stovetop it's like no time at all yeah so and there I've, are plenty of recipes that you can I've really done, uh eat. mashed potatoes in a slow cooker as well and that's worked I have not done that yeah so it, it's a little bit it's a different method and they're they're great they're not they don't taste exactly the same but so it's just a different but they're still yeah. really awesome lots of oh, I will have to look into that yeah So I I really love that technique. And I think that that is really key, especially on some of those holidays, like Thanksgiving, for example, if you are tying up your oven for, you know, four or five hours with that turkey, you really got to kind of get creative with how you're going to be able to pull off the rest of these dishes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, if you go to someone else's house on a holiday, you can see the stress or like, okay, (laughs) the oven is available from two to two, three, you know, Uh like trying to figure it all out and like it's like this giant puzzle they're trying to piece together so taking things out of the kitchen <laughs> as many pieces out of the puzzle as you can <laughs> yeah, exactly. take those pieces out of your puzzle and just eliminate the stress yes oh I love that okay so I have really enjoyed this chat so far with you I think that you have had so many great tips for getting um, my audience or really anyone excited about holiday cooking instead of, you know, like stressed about all the people coming over. So if my audience took just one piece of advice from this episode, uh, what would that piece of advice be? What's your favorite tip, I guess? I would just say 
just to know that it is possible to eliminate stress surrounding mealtime and holiday meals and parties too. And just with a little bit of creative planning and some strategy and also just being really intentional about all of it, you can actually sit down and enjoy the people that you are cooking for. Thank you. I think that's a great a great thought to end with. And something that's so funny that it's just a mindset thing that it's like, yeah, this does not have to be stressful. I know it was probably stressful for your mom and her mom, but it doesn't have to be for you. You can overcome that. So yes, I love that. Sure. I think you've given everyone some really great tools to start on their journey of overcoming that stress and starting to really enjoy their holidays. Okay. So, oh, I hope so. oh. Sorry, oh, I, you off okay. I, hope so. I hope that it was valuable. <laughs> it, it was awesome. Okay, so where can my audience go to hear more from you and what products and services do you have? And I'm going to go ahead. I will link to her blog, obviously, but also the recipes that she talked about specifically in this episode so that you can go straight to those. Yeah. So you can find all of my um, recipes and my content at pipandebby.com. It's P-I-P-A-N-D-E-B-B-Y. And there you can sign up for my weekly emails and we just kind of deliver like what our best categories are and some um, good holiday categories too within those emails. And right now I have this quarantine kitchen secret series that you can sign up for separately. And just giving you tips about how to get through quarantine and some tips in the kitchen. Also on Instagram, you can follow me and I do deliver some different content there sometimes. So that's pip.ebby on Instagram. Awesome. Okay. Thanks again, Megan, for visiting with us. And I will check in with everyone next time. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. I hope you all enjoyed listening to Megan as much as I did. And I hope that now you've got some quick tricks up your sleeve for the next time you host a holiday or fun event. Next week, we are going to be talking about staples. So the staples that you should have in your freezer, your fridge, and your pantry all the time so that making a homemade meal is always a possibility. I'm super excited to talk about it and I will catch you next week. Happy planning.